This is the Pete Carroll Show. All right, here we go now, here we go now, here we go. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM, where the 12s hear the Hawks. The Pete Carroll Show is brought to you by Pizza Hut and the Pro Club. Now with Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll, here's Dory Monson. Well, it doesn't get much better than this. Six weeks into the season, the Seahawks sitting at 5-1 and one with another big game coming up on Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens, they're tough, and they're coming to town. And as he does every Friday, Pete Carroll joins us. Coach, always great to talk with you. What's up, Dory? Yeah, we got a big game, huh? I know. I'll, I'll get to that in a few minutes. I have to tell okay. you, Pete. I was watching your post-game press conference on Sunday in Cleveland, and you started talking about that fourth down stop, and you said that that's when you feel the most alive, and I swear you were going to drop Jean-Paul Sartre in that press conference there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one of the great moments in the game. You know, there, there's... I, I'm sure I'm, there's other sports that have that moment, but when you're right there and you're playing and you're particularly on defense and you got to stop them, there's something that, that is so unique to that situation intensity wise and, and the juice is flowing at the, at the, uh, the height and you got to just, you're into total instinct. You know, you're just, just responding on total reflex action. And, yeah. and it's just a, it's a wonderful time to be, be a ball player. Just as a personal favor to me, I'm hoping you'll work start in before the end of the season. In a post-game press okay. conference, okay? Uh, I'll surprise you with it, okay? <laughs> okay, it. I look forward to that. Uh, I know it started a little rough. The first time since 2008 that the Seahawks defense had given up touchdowns on uh, the opponent's first three possessions. And that's when Bobby Wagner decided to uh, get, get motivational on the sidelines there. And, you know, it struck me between Russell and Bobby one on each side of the ball, what a what a gift it is for a coach to have such emotional leaders who are also so talented. Yeah, it, it, they have everything, you know. They have everything that you want in your leaders, and it starts with the, the great character that they have, but they also have, the, you know, the great ability so they can back up whatever they're saying. And then they've got this, this just a gift, you know, a gift to – to be there in the moment and, and, and have the right kind of instincts to say the right thing at the right time. And, and uh, guys look look for them, and they're waiting to almost respond to those guys in, in those kinds of moments. So uh, it was great that Bobby pulled it off. One thought that I had that I wanted to bounce off you, because uh, in the past few years, without naming any names, we've seen some sideline outbursts. And, and as I was seeing Bobby, there was no question – that that was about the team and about wanting to win. And I thought maybe that's a little distinction between that and, and maybe some of the things we've seen on the sideline the last couple of years. Is that a, is that a fair distinction? Well, I don't know. I don't want to pass judgment on what just arbitrarily what's happened yeah. on the sidelines over the years. Right. But uh, I let this go to what, what happened there. That was exactly what you hope the, your leader would do in the moment and would – uh, would rally the troops in a sense, show in a way that nobody else can, and uh, just like Russ would do it in the huddle with with his guys, you know, he'll let them know and make them feel that they're it, it's going to turn, it's going to it's going to happen for the good, and uh, and Bobby did exactly that, you know, with all the right intentions and all. And the, these two guys, as you know, as, as we noticed, we rewarded them in the off season for all of who they are and what they bring to this organization, and and uh, that was a really good illustration, really on both sides. Bobby got his defense going, Russell got his offense going, and we put together a great win. You used some language that you and I have talked about a lot over the years, but you were talking about you have language 
for teaching toughness and grit and, and resilience. Where does that get taught? I mean, as a coach, is, is that on the field? Is that in the meeting room? Is that in, in private conversations? Where, where can you have the greatest impact in trying to impart those characters that are so important? Well, there's, there's a number of, of situations. And there's, there's a time, you know, during the, um, in the off-season meetings that we have with the players, there's time to kind of set the stage for, for principles and approaches that, are, that we'll, you know, we'll constantly revisit when the teachable moments arise, you know, during the season. There's opportunities, you know, sometimes it's on the field, uh, in camp, you know, and sometimes it's, it's uh, on the way to the meetings. It's certainly just an ongoing process to me, uh, for, for me, Dory, to just keep hammering at the things that we believe in. And so, uh, so you know, old friend Lou Tice taught us a long time ago that it's not the, the one great presentation you give, it's how many creative ways you can come back to the emphasis uh, to the points that you really got to make. And, and so that that's there's a number of times. There's also just sitting having lunch with a kid and talking to him about a situation and, and, and citing what happened and, you know, what were you thinking at the time and what could you have been thinking and what is a, uh, a player you look up to thinking like. And so it's just it's just the teacher's kind of, you know, yoke they we, we bear, we gotta, we're always on it. And yeah. so, uh, um, but I think probably one of the most poignant times is when you can capture teachable moments. You know, when the moment just happened, you can, you can make reference to it. You have good language that, that can get you right to the point, and, and then you jump on it. And then you come back, and you've got to revisit it again. You know, it's, it's like the lessons are never over. Kind of, you just keep on teaching and working it and, and try to you know, hone the edge as, as well as you can. One of the other things that you and I have talked about a lot over the years is, and I, I know it's something you are rightly very proud of, and that is, you know, when you're down 20 to 6, you guys don't start pressing, you don't start chasing, you, you stay the course, and you say that, that you have this mentality. And, and is it easier for you to convey that and make the players believe in that because you've won national championships and because you've been to two Super Bowls and won one, is it easier for you to say, hey, we're fine, and they, I mean, they'd be foolish not to buy in given all you've accomplished? Well, I don't know about I don't know about that part of it, but I but yeah, it's it is easier for me because I have been through that and I've seen it I've seen the 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 results of and the impact of of the mentality when you when you hold on to it and you and you you always keep believing and you, you keep pushing for something's going going to happen for the good, you know, you just keep on battling. Uh it was interesting that that just uh last week you know, we had a moment in practice where, uh, where Chris Carson got hit in the shoulder and went down and got a stinger, and he laid on the ground for about 10 minutes. You know, we, nobody knew. We didn't know what was wrong with him. I mean, we didn't know what happened. You know, we were, didn't know if it was his head or his neck or what had happened, and he just had to chill out, and he came right back from it soon. But but the next play, uh, uh, somebody fell down in, into George Fant's legs, and he got tangled up for a second and thought he you know, might have sprained his ankle. And then the next play after that, Justin Britt got tangled up, and she looked like the whole world was falling apart on us, you know, and, and guys got kind of kind of testy and, 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 and all that. And then the practice came back together, and we finished a great day. And I know after practice, I think it was on, it was on Thursday's practice a week, a week ago, um, I've addressed that issue that, you know, things don't always go the way you want and, and they don't always happen the, the way your expectations are, are structured to, to, you know, want that to, to go. And, and so when it does, how are you going to deal with it? You know, and, and everybody knows that it's not the, what happens, it's how you deal with it. But then how do you deal with it and what language do you use? And so I, I had just taken the moment in practice uh, last week 
to, to capture the moment. And, and I was talking about the language that I use is I know something good's going to happen, and so I'm going to I'm just immediately turn my focus to what where I want it to go, and and I I say those things in my in my head, and I might even say it to somebody else. That's that's a that's how you practice resetting and, and and getting onto the you know to the issue that's that's next, which is the next step you take in a positive outlook and how you how you turn it really in, in real deliberate manner. And uh, well, sure enough, here we are. Yeah. You know, we got into halftime in, in in this game, and we had gotten back into it. You know, and we, we were twenty eighteen at halftime, and it was it was exactly that language again. I said, look, look what just happened. We we just went through this this week. You know, and and uh, we've been through this before. So it is building on the moments and and, and being able to you know to weave it together so it makes sense and hopefully you know you do it well and you're and and, and they can grasp it and, and and act on it you know so it's big lessons you know it's, it's really fun this is this what this process is all about is figuring all this stuff out well so far this season it clearly all is working well for you pete okay hold on coach pete carroll's going to spend the rest of the half hour with us we'll talk about the sunday game coming up against the baltimore ravens and lots of other stuff i got to talk with the coach about Coming up next as the Dory Monson Show rolls on. Back with Seahawks coach Pete Carroll, the Pete Carroll Show, every Friday here on the Dory Monson Show. So we're talking about your your concepts of how to hold the team together through adversity. Assuming you had the same philosophies when you were a younger coach and your first go-round is in the NFL with the Patriots and the Jets, was it tougher to get guys to buy into that relentless optimism <laughs> when you didn't well, have the credentials that you have now? Yeah, there, there's... In, in, <clears throat> yeah, you're, yes, that's the, that's the case. You know, when I went to New England, I, I went in right after they had just lost in the Super Bowl with Bill Parcells, the coach of the decade in the NFL, you know, and, and I'm, here comes little Pete, you know, running in there and trying to, try to pick up the pieces. And put together <laughs> little the team, Pete. You know. so, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I didn't really have the same kind of, uh, same kind of swag as, as Bill Parcells did, you know? So yeah, it was different. It was different and, and you have to earn your way. And, and uh, fortunately we had all that success at SC and, and it, and it allowed, you know, a lot of principles to come together and language to come together and, 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 and a practice mentality and an approach that, that would give us a chance to build on the principles that you want to teach. So it does take time. And it, you know, I don't know who can do it. I mean, there's some guys that do it right away, but I don't know how they can hang on to it. And usually they falter. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> no. They get back on, you know. All right. Great stuff. Okay. Uh, the one really bad note on Sunday was Will Disley. And, and oh, yeah. Uh, I snapped my Achilles when I was 27. It just sucks, Pete. What, what do you tap into yeah. when you. When you talk to him after the game, are you are you a father? Are you a coach? Are you a friend? What are you then? I don't know. I think a little bit of everything at the time. I mean, I was just loving him up, you know, and hugging him, and and uh, his 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 attitude about it in the locker room after the game. He's in a big boot or whatever he was in, he's on crutches or something. You know, can't you hardly get around. And he's telling me how quick he's going to get back and how he knows how to go through this. And he's been there before. And you know, he's he's pumping me up. You know, so uh, I'm in there trying to with all the sympathy and all the feelings and compassion, and all that. And, and I'm getting fired up for him because he's you know he's turned it around already. So that's why a guy like that is so special and, and so unique. He's got unbelievable makeup. Uh, as a matter of fact, his surgery uh, uh, on Thursday was uh, really successful. He had a minimally invasive procedure that worked out perfectly, and, and uh, he'll get back uh, uh, 
good couple months before he would have got back otherwise and probably in your healing process you know uh he should get back in you know in a shorter call than that so a lot of positive stuff with a great guy with a great mind and and, uh, and he's gonna he'll get through it awesome it breaks everybody's hearts he's a great yeah, kid yeah okay moving on a lot's being made about earl thomas coming back and you had some I, midweek pete you said a couple of things about you said my heart's pretty big Pretty wide open to these guys from the time we spend together. Uh, you said, I'm going to love them no matter what. I know what the relationship means. And I looked at the comments in the Seattle Times. Here are the first couple ones posted. Pete always takes the high road. I need to learn that. He's a good role model. Another person said, Coach Carroll is a better person than I am. And I would suggest that that's one of my great failings, that I'm not good at forgiveness. I'm super competitive, as are you. But that tends to lead me to grudges. Where, where do you get that kind of grace and, and forgiveness and compassion and all that stuff? Well, um, there's a couple of things. One, one thing, I mean, if you look at it, this isn't hard to understand. You look at it like he's your son. When, you know, our, our kids, they don't always do the right thing. And they, they sometimes they, they have some horrific mistakes that they make over over in their time. And and how do we treat them afterward? You know, well, what do we? How do we look at it? You know, do we dump them and kick them out and and and, and you know blast them? You know, you, you make it through it. You help them figure out what what went wrong and how they could have done better, and and you love them through it. And no matter how how far off they may they may be, you don't stop loving them because they're screwing up and having problems. You know, you still love them. And so I just I don't think it's any different. So I don't think that's any major accomplishment. I just. These guys, to me, they're not—they're not separate from that. They're, they're, that we come together, we get that—you know—we go through all this, and and so if you really care for them, then you're going to find your way back to caring for them, regardless of what they do. And and so, you know, I, I know they mean well. I know, you know, and I know that they, under under circumstances, they might have done things differently, but that doesn't mean that you don't care for them and you're not going to look after them and, and do everything you can to help them. So that—that's, I mean, that's the way I look at. It. No, and that's very cool. And I, I mean, the level on which I think I relate to you best is as a competitor. And uh, and I, I've often said, professionally, my competitive spirit's one of my greatest blessings, and it's also one of my greatest curses. I mean, do you have to? Did did you have to at any point in your life fight through what I think is human nature, or did that always come natural to you? Well, I think I'm. I think I'm better at understanding now that I'm older. You know. Okay. Now, I learned I learned some some hard lessons by you know blasting back at guys when they made mistakes. I can remember I've got a couple of classic ones in my memory that you know when I flew off the handle and called somebody out or something like that. And I, I can remember the moment after when the guy looked at me like, "Why do you talk? Why are you talking to me like that? You know, <laughs> why do you treat me like this? You know." And I, I said, "Yeah, no kidding. You know, what am I treating? What am I doing? You know." And I remember really regretting a couple uh, interactions like that, and 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 I just. They just helped me grow up, and I, I I wanted to treat people the way that they should be treated, and not just the way I reacted, you know, and the way that you know I impulsively responded to the situation. And then part of that is so often people, they we throw it back at somebody else because we feel bad, you know. And 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 uh, I don't I want to be bigger than that, you know. I don't want to do that. So. Yeah, no, it's very very admirable. I really mean that. Okay, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Like, first of all, I know you're missing two starting offensive linemen last week: Dwayne Brown, DJ Fluker. Any updates there? Well, we'll see. We're going to get all the way to game time on Friday. Uh, Fluke got back on the practice field, and and 
Uh, Dwayne is still he's still hurting. Um, he, we're going to list him as doubtful, and in case some surprise happens, he's going to travel with us and all that. And maybe you know he can turn it around, but um, it's not looking very good for him. And but uh, DJ's got a chance. Okay, and uh, you, you're getting Rashad Penny back, right? Yes. Okay, and any others? You know, Lano Hill, Bradley McDougal, KJ Wright, Ziggy Ansah. How are how are all those guys looking? KJ did fine, you know, later in the week, and and uh, he he should be fine. Ziggy's going to take a – we're going to take a look at it all the way up to game time, so we'll know something tomorrow. And uh, um, so, we, you know, we're, Bradley, same deal. You know, we're going to wait all the way to game time with him. He'll have had a quiet week, but he just – his back just spasmed up and he just couldn't get loose earlier in the week. So he's got a chance to bounce back from that. Okay, and give me just a quick thought on the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, the, the number 12 quarterback in passing yards is also the number eight rusher in the league. Lamar Jackson's yeah. a handful. Yeah, he is a fantastic player, and to really should credit the you know, John Harbaugh and his staff to build an offense around him, um, and not you know fall prey to the the typical NFL you know stigma about how a guy's supposed to be and play and how you're not supposed to run him and all that. He's a ball player, and, and he's tough, and he's physical, and he can make things happen, and uh, he's really confident. He, he can throw all the throws, he can make all the runs. And as you've always heard me say about the scrambling quarterback is the most difficult dimension to, to defend. This guy's unbelievable. So um, he's really he's really putting on a show right now. You know he's average, he's their leading rusher and, and of course their passer too. So um, we got our hands full. Uh, th- I really like this team. I, I love the way John puts it together. You know because it, we, we admire his style. They're really tough on defense. They're fantastic special teams, and then they run the heck out of the football. So it makes it really hard to beat them. And uh, you know that's the makeup of a team that we really admire. And you know we, we, we you got two teams kind of the same in that regard going at it this weekend. It's going to be great to see what happens. Very cool. Nice to be in front of the twelves for a tough matchup like that too. Great to be coming home. No kidding. All right. Pete, great stuff today. Really appreciate it. Have a fantastic game Sunday, and uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Troy. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll, with us. And we've got a lot more to do. We're going to check the news for you, and then our Fast 50 coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show.